This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? All good, really excited. We're on, uh, I'm checking my, furiously counting my fingers here. I think this is part three of our Rising Stars Marketing Achievement Awards. So it's been really interesting to to get the young energy and, and, and the young lens onto the industry. It's, I think it's really quite invigorating. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. No, it is nice, Gordon. You know, like we said last year, and we, and we said again this year, you know, we've, uh, we've chatted to two of the finalists, and today we've got the third of five finalists. Uh, and it's wonderful. And it's an area, Gordon, that you and I are experts. It's the cosmetics and perfumes business. I mean, there we go. I mean, that's really at home for us. Well, you you can poke fun at me, but I can tell you what my one male cosmetic brand features in uh, in the in the in the brand lineup here. So uh, Prestige Cosmetics Group, you have one hundred percent share of my of my cosmetic shop, male cosmetic shop. Ah, well, there you go, Gordon. You see, that'll teach me for shooting off my mouth and be too clever. <laughs> I thought I would have put you down as an old spice sort of guy, you know? And uh, No, no, that's, yeah, no, no, no. Even I, that was when I, that was the trick dance stuff. <laughs> Come on, you've got to move with it, but. <laughs> but anyway, but they modernized it. I mean, you know, a few years back, they had that guy, the guy on the horse, and I'm on the horse and all the rest of it. So that was certainly a modern twist to the old, um, the old school Old Spice. But anyway, enough of all of that. A big welcome to Fenelwe Lazipo. Uh, Fenelwe, thanks very much for your time on the show. Firstly, well done on getting into the top five young marketers in the country. And as Gordon said, you know, you're the brand manager at Prestige Cosmetics Group. So let's chat. Firstly, well done. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's an honor to actually be part of the finalists. Thank you. 
I think it is an honor. You know, we've it's the second year in a row we've done that, uh, as Gordon mentioned. And we've spoken, you know, to other young people like yourself. And it is a great honor. It's a great honor to be recognized. And also, Gordon, you made the point, it's tough to put yourself out there, you know, because there's a chance that, you know, people are going to vote uh, for you and against you and whatever the case may be. And you've got to take the good with the bad. But as Gordon has mentioned uh, in a previous show, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So you've got to go. And so well done for putting yourself out there. It's a fantastic, a fantastic achievement. Um, straight into Thank it. You. I mean, let's talk uh, a little bit about your current work, you know, the work that you're doing across the group. And then the second part you know, of that discussion is around your entry, you know, your body of evidence that you presented. Let's talk a little bit about it for our listeners out there so they can get an understanding of uh, the work that you put through that got you to this point. Um, thank you so much, Dr. So um, basically, um, well, I am Fanelo Kupu, as I've been introduced. I'm the, currently the brand manager at the Prestige Cosmetics Group. Um, and I mean, a day in the life of a brand manager is, shoo, um, I don't know how much time we actually have to actually elaborate on that. <laughs> it gets quite, it gets a bit much. So it is, um, I mean, we, I, I would actually call myself an all-rounder. And I think that is just the, the job description that comes with being a brand manager and p- particularly of, of a company like Prestige Cosmetics. So it encompasses both on the strategic as well as the commercial side. So we're looking at, I mean, in terms of strategy, what we can do in marketing plans um, and plans that we have, we work on two-year plans, three-year plans. I think we never actually get to feel the gist of time and everything is always just a, a you know, like we feel like it's a hamster on a, on a, on a roll, on a, on a ball rolling the entire time because we actually work in so advanced in plans that we, we, we lose track of time. I speak now and I'm thinking, oh yes, it's still 2022, but I, I am looking at plans for 2023. So it's quite interesting, and I mean, we it's 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 great and it's amazing, and I've been part of uh, Prestige Cosmetics Group now for a while, um, and I mean, I worked predominantly. My brands are Ellie Saab, Philip Klein, as well as Showpod, which recently actually launched in the South African market last year. Um, so I mean, it was a tough year, it was a tough time, but I mean, we 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 we're getting there with our brands, with the new brands in the market. Um, so and I mean, in terms of looking at what. Um, I submitted for the for for marketing um, for the marketing awards. Uh, we worked on a, a campaign. I mean, it was all digital, and I think uh, COVID has taught us all to be a bit more versatile than usual. So we worked on a whole digital strategy, um, and we it was a, a mainly digital platform. So we encompassed encompassed a full three hundred and sixty launch. It was on a digital platform as well as in trade. Uh, but it was all about uh, the celebration of um, Elisa in being 10 years in the fragrance industry within South Africa, um, as well as, so it was a 10 year anniversary celebration. And we actually also had a new launch, which was a product um, extension on the Lapa Farm franchise, which is our fastest selling franchise on Elisa. Great, thanks. And I mean, yeah, you know, as you say, you've got the benefit, uh, you know, of working on great international brands and taking those, and bringing it into the African context. Um, let's just talk a little bit about the absorption of those brands into the African context. Uh, have people gravitated to them? You were talking about Foster's Grain Brands. So I assume that you know people are going in, buying, consuming the products uh, over, over that period of time. 
Um, 100%. I do feel like, obviously, I mean, the economic situation at the moment hasn't been great in South Africa. And I mean, from COVID, and many people haven't still recovered. Uh, but it's very interesting to see that it's, it's, it's as soon as you do something which is in the trade and you're actually getting the, 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 the scent to the actual consumers, it, it's a whole game changer because I think it's about them experiencing the product firsthand rather than actually doing it on a digital platform. So that is the learning, the key learning that we've had of launching the new brands in the South African market is to actually get the juice in the hands of the right consumers. So it's actually being able to execute and doing things um, more, I mean, on the ground. So within our retail, with our retail partners, which has been amazing in terms of, I mean, the upliftment of, um, of everything that has been happening with COVID. So as we actually been easing restrictions, it makes it a bit more easier for us. We've been able to have promoters in store, being able to do sampling and do um, quite a lot of things on the ground. So that has been quite amazing for us. Yeah, it's What's interesting for me observing, you know, from the outside is uh, fashion, you know, I, I have limited kind of uh, knowledge of uh, the fashion industry and you can see me on video. So you, uh, you've got a good... Uh, you can confirm that, okay? So, but fashion comes and goes, and it, and some of it I understand, some of it I don't. But it shifts dramatically. But fragrance, uh, you know, seems a permanent. It seems you know to have a much more fixed kind of role in in, in the beauty repertoire of women. That's why I find it interesting that this evolution. I, I guess I can change my my shirt or or the color of my shirt without impacting me, but. Changing my fragrance and my scent seems like a huge adventure. If I was a woman, I'd be extremely cautious about experimenting with a, with a, with a new fragrance. Uh, how do you how do you do that? How do you facilitate trial? And being that it's online, and you use the phrase which which I think is an indicator of the new way we look at media. You talk about full three hundred and sixty within digital. That's kind of a a wow statement. Most of us would would have had a more old fashioned view, but. How do you how do you wean your my old fragrance onto my new one, um, you know, and 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 then offer me a timeless relationship going forward? I think the beauty of of our fragrance is that number one, because we're dealing with international brands, it's very easy for us because I think it's it's very aspirational. So we get the context from the international capacity, and I know that South Africans are very South Africans are very um, aspirational people. So it's actually watching the content, seeing it, and actually envisioning yourself. And you know, it's the part of the storytelling and the journey. So this is what we actually equip our beauty consultants in store with, so that they actually take the consumer through the journey of the fragrance because there's always a story to tell um, and it's just knowing about it so I think training is a huge part of um, a huge part of, of our job and in, in terms of making sure that we're actually speaking to the right consumer and, and telling the story as it should be so it goes from, I mean, speaking about um, the inspiration behind the fragrance and some of it, like I've mentioned, uh, Chopard is a brand, for instance, where we've got a jewelry side of Chopard and the fragrances are actually an inspiration to that. So it kind of taps into that. And as soon as the BC is acquainted with all of that, they then are able to speak about the ingredients and trying to, to encapsulate the consumer. Um, and also, I don't think it is very competitive, definitely 100%. But I also think another a great part of it is that just like you mentioned about your wardrobe is that you don't wear the same t-shirt over and over again. And that's exactly the same thing with fragrances. It's beautiful because you've got, you kind of personify a fragrance and you, you, you kind of choose in your wardrobe, which fragrance to actually wear 
when and where. So it's like you, you've got a day fragrance and you like to wear that in the, in the daytime or you've got a summer fragrance or, you know, it's, it's kind of the different notes of the fragrance you fall in love with. And because there's so much to actually choose from, you end up having more than one favorite. So I think that's, that's actually the biggest thing. It's easy because it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's very personal. And I feel like it's exactly like you've mentioned, like fashion. So it's not like you have one dress that you take out for all occasions. It's, you've got different things that you actually aspire, you, you, you put together in your wardrobe as well. Because my wife is listening to this uh, five fragrances <laughs> for different times of the day. I'm, I'm going bankrupt just sitting here thinking about it. <laughs> but I, I, one for date night and one for a breakfast brunch on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think you know on a, on a more serious note I think that's the opportunity to cross sell and to upsell and to also sell within a, a particular bouquet in other words if you are a, I don't know let's let's use an Eddie Saab or a, or a Chappard or a Armani or a Tom Ford or whatever thing it is you know the, the fragrances within that range that you can stay within if, if that's what you enjoy, but at least, you know, from your point of view, you can market across. Or quite obviously, you know, a lot of people jump around from different perfume houses uh, and have a variety of different smells that work with them and, and their skin and, and, and uh, et cetera. So it's quite nice. But it's also, you know, um, just to add to a 360 comment of yours, Gordon, it's nice. You know, now that we, we've opened up and mask dropping and, and the world's in a different place, that you have got back to that, as you say, the touch, feel, the scent, because that's what you're selling, you know, as much as it's on digital, you know, you still want somebody to either tell you the story or at least, at the very least, have a sampler, one of those, you know, the sampler smell, um, whatever the correct term of it is, uh, that, that someone can go away or put it on your skin and let it and see how it reacts on your skin. So I think it's a great time we're getting into and must have been an extremely tough time the last, you know, the last two years to sell something so personal. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. 100%. And I think really it's just, it's been about the customers are actually more open to buying it's repeat purchases that actually happen a lot online as opposed to new uh, product introductions. So 100% with the mask dropping and everything, we're looking forward to it because we have more activity that that's actually happening in the trade. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, let's just change tech for a second. And I think one of the things that we like to do on our show is to talk about a skill set, uh, be it education, be it on-the-job training. What has got you to the point that you're at today? And importantly, how would you look at the future? In other words, what do you think are those key attributes that a modern marketer of tomorrow would have to embody. And this is really one of those leave behind lessons, you know, for our listeners that they can take notes and say, listen, you know, I want to upskill or I need to do something that you would have done. So just a, a short view on, on skills and, and where do you see the future going for young marketers? Um, I would say number one, it's uh, you can study marketing. It's one hundred percent. It's amazing, and it's it opens the door for you. Um, but a lot of it is actually on the job training. I feel like different companies have got different ways of working. So there's never actually a copy and paste of you walk into a, a company and this is how you actually do things. I've been very fortunate to actually come from an advertising background initially, where I was in print media. 
and then I actually moved from advertising into into brand management and it was it's it's been it's been great for me because I actually worked with international brands throughout my career um, but I think the biggest thing for me and the biggest learning is that I've been exposed to two sides which is the strategic side of marketing as well as the commercial side that makes me dynamic and it makes me stand out among the rest because now I've got a full understanding of the actual business as well as understanding why campaigns are being done and what the return investment that we can actually expect from anything that we, we run as a company um, and understanding all the costs and, you know, just kind of understanding the numbers part of it as well. Um, so I think for me, the biggest thing is that you just need to be very versatile as a marketer, um, just to be open to learning, to be a sponge and to take as much as you can possibly get from, from, from wherever you're at. Um, because I do believe that we become... We are in many instances with the marketers in, in one scope, but we, we actually have got so many other roles that are leaning into us. So we work very closely with the demand planning where you get an insight of what, you know, how you do forecasting, what do you, like, how do you actually look at the trends and what you've been selling in the past? Um, you're looking at training, you're looking at merchandising as well as trade marketing. So it's, it's a full 360 when you actually look at it um, and looking at the people that you work with. So I think it's very important to have good relations with your internal as well as your external stakeholders um, because you don't just deal with your internal stakeholders. We've got suppliers, we've got agencies that we work very closely with. Um, and moving into the future, I think the biggest learning and the biggest thing that, that would be for me um, is that I've actually equipped myself and I've been fortunate enough as well to be actually sent onto a course um, on a digital marketing because, again, COVID has taught us to do things very differently. Um, it's very important if you, for a future marketer to actually acquaint yourself with the digital side of things and to get a full understanding because I do think that we're not moving backwards with technology. We're definitely going forward. Um, and that's exactly the biggest thing that you need to know and understand in order for, for, for you to be customer-centric. Um, so making, I mean, if you, you're dealing with your, your external stakeholders and your agencies, um, it's important to have some knowledge of the digital platforms. So knowing a bit about the Google, you know, AdWords, Google Analytical, Analytics, sorry, as well as Business Manager for Meta, like how does that work and how do you incorporate that if you're running a digital campaign or an influencer campaign so that you know exactly what you actually put in, where you're putting your money's worth and what you're getting out of it. So I definitely would say to equip and to understand that just to get the working knowledge of the digital platforms as well for me would be a biggest thing. From the media perspective, there's some interesting observations there. Um, so if I think back over the years, magazines has been the global forum for, for beauty products um, for, for an awful long period of time. Obviously, that, that's no longer the high ground necessarily. But um, do, in, in choosing the platforms that you integrated with, you know, some of those magazines still have wonderful digital templates, digital platforms. Uh, did, did you find sort of a crossover point where you could bring the benefits of those great global magazine titles across into the digital space or is it one or the other? I definitely think that we've been able to actually move. Personally, I've been able to do um, some projects with the digital on the digital space now with the magazines. So I do think it is a great platform because you actually find that the, the reach is actually still quite huge. And surprisingly enough, if, if you look in, on the digital platform and looking at programmatic ads, for instance, you see that actually when looking at the Cape Times, I mean, 
the Times News and, you know, all of those platforms are huge on digital. So the conversion rate is there and it, it, it has been proved in, in, you know, in previous exercises. So I don't think that it's walking away entirely from that, but it's actually incorporate, incorporating them as well in digital. Um, because also digital has got a huge part of it where we have to focus on the geo-targeting. So who are you actually speaking to and on what platform? Because not everyone is on social media. So where else can you actually tap into? So I don't think dismiss those uh, those titles, but actually walk towards it, towards them on the digital scope. And I mean, there's a, a definitely room for, 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 for execution on that side. No, that's really interesting. No, I think, you know, that, that point Tanewe, is that, that you make about digital, and it's, a, it's, it's not a new topic, and it's a reoccurring one, and certainly one that, you know, I'd urge all marketers, not just young marketers, to really embrace and really understand and really upskill themselves. I mean, Gordon, we spoke with Jillian Whiteford a few weeks back around her Academy of Learning, you know, that, uh, and, and a part of that, was digital education and the embarrassment perhaps of people saying, I, th- I think I should know this and therefore I don't want to go and study. And so it's never too late to start studying. And certainly as a young person, don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And I think the second part that you make, not about digital, but again, a great theme that is, that is starting to emerge now is get off out of the marketing box and walk around the organization uh, and learn about other functions. As you say, you know, talk about you know, procurement and demand planning and, and other areas. And that, again, Gordon, is something that we've been saying for a while now. You know, a marketer isn't just an extension of the ad agency. It's an all-rounder. And to be an all-rounder, sometimes you've got to go to the factory, the proverbial factory. You've got to go to the warehouse. You've got to be part of the business before you can do the, the part that people see above the order, which is often the communications part. But there's a lot of it underneath you know, where, where there's the art and science mixed together. And so thanks very much for bringing that point through. So now we're moving towards um, the next the next area. You're talking about, you know, not everybody's on social, but I'd like to ask you, you know, for listeners out there, if they want to interact with you, are you on social platforms? How do they get hold of you just so they can either share ideas and, and, uh, and, and just be part of the conversation? Um, yes, yeah, so definitely I am on socials. Um, so I am on LinkedIn as Fanelwa Kripu. Um, on my Instagram, it's Fanelwa underscore X. And Facebook is Fanelwa Kripu as well. So I'm definitely um, on social media platforms. That's great. And I mean, like we always do, you know, week in and week out, we encourage people to kind of be part of that dialogue, to check with our guests after, you know, the half an hour has gone by because there's only so much we can cover in, in sort of 25 to 30 minutes. And I mean, so again, to our listeners, please be part of that conversation. Find out more, educate yourself, uh, and, and really just find out what it takes to be, you know, one of South Africa's young and up, up and coming and certainly top five marketers for this year. Yeah, also just coming back to the, the point quickly, um, Penelwa, that you, you raised about uh, influencers. Um, you know, was that a, a, a considered component of it? I mean, up to and including, I, I don't know enough about your distribution, but I mean, do, would you foresee a circumstance where influencers actually become micro distributors as well, or is that one bridge too far? 
Um, I think for now, and I speak only for my brands, and I speak because I, I work with international brands, it may be a little bit too far in the reach um, to actually go that way because to actually be a distributor of international brands is not that easy. But I do definitely think that it, it's, a, it's a great platform to actually look and tap into. I mean, I've got so many influencers, and I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're looking at influencers who are actually influential. So it's following the trends. And I think you have to definitely make sure that you are on the social medias to actually watch it closely and to see the conversion rate and what you at least, are you looking for this person particularly? And, 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 and not even in a negative light, but we've got so many influencers that have got so many brands, you know, that they're working with and it stops being organic. So you, you have to make sure that you're finding the right people so that they're actually authentic um, and to be fitting for your brand. So it's very important, I think, um, to actually work with people because it resonates so well. Um, and just people that can actually, working with an influencer for me, I think 100% also translate that it's, it's a relatable, it makes it more relatable. And particularly works for international brands because we can't really have ambassadors. We cannot have local brand ambassadors. And I mean, we have got visuals that we've got visual rights to where it's international models that we use. So using influencers just makes the product a little bit more relatable uh, because you've got someone who's actually familiar and you've got, you know, you, you, you share some, you know, some common ground with. So I definitely think it's a bit far out to say that they could be um, the new potential distributors for, I mean, international brands that I speak of, but uh, definitely do work on local campaigns. Yeah, the, the, the global model the scenario is interesting because I, I was trying to do a bit of research out in the back of my mind, um, Scarlett Johansson had, has just launched her own personal fragrance line. Maybe I've got that wrong. But I couldn't even get to that part of the equation because all I saw was she's she, I mean she's gorgeous to look at. She must smell fabulous, Doc. I mean she's she's been using perfumes now for two decades. I mean almost every one of them. So she's you know I, I've lost track of of her what delights her you know her, her sort of olfactory senses. But did, was it Scarlett Johansson, Fanoa, uh, that that launched her own? fragrance brand and that's my next question which is unscripted and I promised you I would never talk, include unscripted questions. When will we see for now a Claypool brand? We're just, we're just going to call it Claypool. <laughs> You're looking for my brand? <laughs> no! Let's do it. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, there are a few celebrities. I mean, even local celebrities have gone into it now in terms of you know uh, producing their own fragrances, which I think it's quite expensive. So it is a bold move to make because there's so much that goes into it in terms of regulations. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, for Fanel Wakupu, um, no, not on the fragrance front. Not yet. Still, no, no, not yet. <laughs> Maybe a different business venture, but um, not on fragrances. No, <laughs> not for now. <laughs> you see, Gordon, Fanel uh, had us when I wrote it down, influencers who, who are influential, which crosses you and I off. So it leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this one definitely. So, certainly not. We are not going to be the latest um, <laughs> on spice influences. Uh, anyway. I, I hope you can see how uh, closely shaved no, I'm. I've actually prepared myself for this. Uh, none of you have commented, neither of you have commented, so I'm a bit distressed about it. I made a big effort today. <laughs> you know what? I'll give it to you because you did say your fragrance shelf consists hundred percent of PCG fragrances. So I'll give yeah. you a brownie point for that. <laughs> and it's only one point because there's only one unit. So, um, <laughs> so it's definitely not worth more than one point. I'm afraid. <laughs> Great, excellent.
Gordon, thanks uh, for your input and time again, as always. Uh, for now, we thank you so much. Uh, good luck as we get into the judging. I'm chairing this, uh, the, the judging committee, so it's, uh, it's not an easy exercise. Trust me, you know, we've had five, uh, well, far more than five, but I mean, narrowed down to five finalists and very, very, very good and very different submissions. So we're working through that. Uh, and uh, yeah, all the best, not only to you, obviously, I can't play favorites, but to all other, the other four as well. So all five, um, thanks for your time. For our listeners out there, please engage. Please be, be part of the conversation. Hopefully you're enjoying this mini series of, um, of rising stars. And as also promised, we're also going to be doing a, a mini series on the market of the year. So from our side, I'm going to leave it to you, Gordon, to close out. But for now, thanks very much. Appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, well, thanks for the time. And to all the listeners out there, uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us. Please uh, comment uh, if you have anything to say to Fanawa. You've, you've got her contact details on social media. And for the rest of us out there, let's just keep talking. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.